1: Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
2: Hi, it's Manveen here. Just a reminder that today's episode of the award winning series Who Killed CJ Davis was first published last summer.
0: A warning just before we begin some listeners may find some of what we're about to hear distressing. Also, this episode contains some strong language. Last time, on Who Killed CJ Davis. I got a call and then I ended up
3: at
4: the hospital. It's about £600 worth of crack and heroin. Rocks. I said, you know what, I'm not doing this. 999. I found him. You found him? How, how so? Sorry. Nobody wants to know about those failures until the child has died. That's one thing
1: I do regret
5: and I always will regret that I didn't tell him. That I loved him.
0: I'm John Simpson, the crime correspondent for The Times. This is episode three of Who Killed C.J. Davis. I'm investigating the killing of C.J. Davis, a 14-year-old boy who was shot dead in broad daylight in Newham, East London, three years ago. No one has ever been charged with his murder. I'm keen to get to the bottom of whether C.J. was in the wrong place at the wrong time or whether he was the intended target of the shotgun that killed him on September the 4th, 2017. To get a better understanding of this, we need to delve deep into a London that few ever see.
3: Hello. I need you to tell me
0: a little bit about what was happening in Newham at the time.
5: You've entered the underground world. That's something I've always said. There's... There's an underground world in London. There's a world within London, you understand me? There's a city within a city, you feel me? And you've entered that.
0: That's a source of mine. He's affiliated to one of the gangs in Newham. To protect his identity, he's been voiced by an actor, as he could risk his life by talking to me. We'll call him Aaron. He knew CJ. He
5: was a good kid. He was a good kid, do you understand but he's clearly started along the path, hasn't
0: he? I've got his whole sort of criminal record in the 18 months before he dies. And, you know, he's, he's clearly got himself involved in, in drug dealing. In previous episodes, we've mentioned CJ had a couple of brushes with the law. The month before he died, CJ was arrested for allegedly carrying a corrosive acid and he was due to be prosecuted. He told his mother that he'd simply picked up the bottle after it had been dumped by someone else. He was a kid from the hood. Do you get it?
5: Whatever situation he got himself involved in, it was was nothing more than just a result of his environment.
0: CJ's hood, as Aaron refers to it, is the borough of Newham. Now, Newham sits in the Docklands area of London's East End, bordering Canary Wharf, one of the world's biggest financial centres. In 2012... Newham hosted the Olympic Games in an area called Stratford. Towering in the distance are the skyscrapers at Canary Wharf, where global banks and hedge funds have their London bases. But for many living there, they don't feel they're in one of the most affluent capital cities in the world. You look outside
5: my bedroom, all you see is Canary Wharf. But as close as it is, that's a million miles away. Do you understand me? It's a million... It's a completely different world. But that's that's what I see. But I don't know that world. You feel me? If you're from the borough, at the time of the Olympics, when they're going on, if if you was outside Stratford, if you were outside the Olympic Park area, and you were just in normal parts of Newham, you could not tell that, that quote-unquote, the greatest sporting event in the world was just down your road. You
2: feel me? Oh, he takes it again. Blake gets the silver. 9.64. Oh, he's retained his title in the most emphatic
3: way.
5: You don't feel that impact. You couldn't tell. You know you saying, is making history just down your road but for you, you don't see that. You don't you don't see you don't see that impact.
0: Newham is London's third most deprived borough, behind the borough of Barking and Dagenham and then Hackney. The poverty has a knock on effect. Since twenty eleven, Newham's seen the most murders of any London borough. Clearly a certain amount of disenfranchisement has led to young residents turning to a life of crime, creating that city within a city that Aaron talks about. And that city is at war. On the 4th of September in 2017, a stolen Range Rover Sport pulled up beside a playground in Forest Gate in Newham. CJ was there with at least one other. We know shots were fired, and 14-year-old CJ was killed by a single shotgun shell to the head. To get a better understanding of how this schoolboy ended up being shot dead, I need to give you some context. Today, we look at the gangs of Newham.
3: These people will stop at nothing and they will go to another level.
0: That's Rahil Butt, a youth worker in Newham. He was once a gang member himself. The way they
3: conducted that killing and the way they they conducted their their
0: act. Rahil says the attack which cost CJ his life bore the hallmarks of a retaliation was nothing short of a calculated attack. Seeing how they were
3: operating is nothing short of calling them modern-day urban generals to their own urban army. And unfortunately, a young, innocent child was caught in the crossfire between these two warring gangs.
0: The modern-day urban generals, as Raheel just called them, are two key characters. One calls himself Young Diz, and the other CB, or Cracky Blacks. They're the figureheads for two warring street gangs from the north and south of Newham. At the time of CJ's death, both men were free and on the street. Now both are behind bars. Newham is split broadly by the A13, or Newham Way, which runs westwards into the city of London and eastwards into Essex. The gangs in the north and south are made up of a patchwork of smaller groups based on various council estates. They run drugs operations in their areas and outside London, as well as being involved in gun running and money laundering. Young Diz lays claim to the south of Newham. He runs a gang police called the Beckton Boys.
5: I'm perceived as a violent person on these streets in East London, in Newham. So if you're in East London and you don't know me, then you're playing yourself. I'm perceived as as violent
0: as he gets out here. That's Young Diz in a BBC documentary called Escaping Gangs. Death, jail or redemption. It came out last year.
5: Young Diz's violent reputation is played out in his music.
0: He's only 23 years old and his real name's Isaac Donko. He's built a persona that's earned him the nickname, the devil. By the way, um, I
5: heard the name they
0: call you sometimes.
5: Well, what do you call me? Something with devil or something like that. Oh, yeah, it could be the devil and that, yeah. So it's another name for me, isn't it? Devil. Did that come from anything that happened or... Uh, uh, and obviously, um, I, got, I got shot and stabbed, didn't it?
0: In the documentary, he tries to find God and change his ways. But, as I said earlier, he ended up in jail. So Young Diz runs a notoriously violent group in the south of Newham as leader of the Becton Boys and in the north is a gang called Wood Grange, whose leader is known as CB. Both men exert control in the drug trade through bloodshed and intimidation. They're also drill rap artists. CJ was shot dead in the heart of Wood Grange territory. Having spoken to various sources on both sides and re-examined some leaked police intelligence, at this point there seems little doubt that the attack was the work of members of the Becton Boys, whose leader is Young Diz. The exact motive, and whether CJ was the intended target, remains unclear.
3: The situation was is that we were running a youth session in the 6th area, in the, in the youth area.
0: And, uh, Following CJ's death, Raheel was running an event at a youth centre in South Newham, the area in which Young Diz operates. You'll have noticed Raheel referred to Becton there as the 6th. That's because on the street, the Becton boys used that name, due to them being based in e 6 the London postcode for the area. It's, it's quite normal for the gang
3: leaders to to circulate their areas and to make sure that their
0: areas are, are secure. And that's what happened. Young Diz showed up at the youth centre. Um,
3: so Young Diz came in a um, BMW 5 Series and he parked it around the corner from the youth centre and jumped out with his boys and he just came out absolutely with zero fear, zero um, worries about anything and just... Walked out with, with all of his boys and just walked straight around the corner.
0: Raheel and wanted to get close to youngties to see if he could get information about CJ's death. He also wanted to impress upon him that a life of crime is not the way forward. But he found it hard. When we got close enough to speak and I said, Jim, why don't you stop what you're doing? Why don't you change? Why don't you think about going into business and doing things legitly? And he says to Raheel, I've got a business and it's working well for me.
3: Laughed in my face, and he had a lot of young people around him. He gave a real show of force where he was just, you know, he had his numbers around him. Now I'm standing there with two of my youth workers who are respectable in their own communities. We're all former offenders, but we didn't have no one with us. When I saw that we were the only people there, I'm looking around at my team and saying, we don't really have much protection. First thing, second of all, that's not what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about planting the seed in the head of this man so the young people can see. We're not scared of him. We're making it clear to him that we've come here with our pens and our papers to do good for our young people.
0: But according to Rahil, Young Diz showed little interest in that and was using the time to see how his drug-running operation on the street was going. So Raheel's attempts to speak to Young Diz, the leader of Becton, the gang allegedly responsible for CJ's murder, failed. But what about the other leader? CB's real name is Lekan Soji. He's only 22 years old. And following CJ's murder, Raheel spotted CB out on the street one day. An opportune moment. CB was out in broad daylight, walking through his territory, Wood Grange territory. As he had with young Diz, Raheel again approached the gang leader. He challenged him over his criminality and pressed him on what had happened to CJ. After all, CJ had been killed on CB's turf in what we suspect was a rival gang hit. But Raheel got a curt response. And I
3: approached him. I used the daylight as the opportunity to, to get this guy, to question this
0: guy. And did he say yeah. anything in response? Yeah,
3: he's done. Me
0: off. <laughs> <laughs> so, despite getting close to both Young Diz and the other gang leader, Rahil couldn't ascertain how far CJ was involved in this world. Earlier, I mentioned both Young Diz and CB are currently behind bars, and that's why I haven't approached them for interviews. Young Diz, or Isaac Donko under his real name, was jailed for 12 and a half years last April. He was found guilty of kidnap, false imprisonment, GBH and a number of other offences after torturing a 16-year-old boy. CB, or Soji, is serving a 23-year sentence for a very different crime. Last March, he was jailed for levelling a shotgun at police out of the window of speeding car. He tried to disguise himself by wearing a clown mask.
2: You mention Newham and everyone's got one thing in their mind. They think it's it's like some sort of war zone and gang violence and all that. That's why it's so important that we get on top of this.
0: That's Richard Tucker, a detective superintendent. Because the vast majority of people are good, decent, law-abiding people. He's the area commander for the boroughs of Newham and Wolfham Forest. I, unfortunately,
2: have have been in charge of an area where a number of children have lost their lives because of gang violence. It affects us deeply because they are just children. And I think there's a challenge for, for us as police. These children don't know how to operate a washing machine. They don't know how to cook for themselves. They might be full of bravado on the street, but they are children. And the challenge for us all the time is to remember that they're children, they're not hardened criminals. And I think the analogy that they can't use a washing machine or cook for themselves is a good one to bring it down to earth.
0: I spoke to him one evening about Newham. He was keen to show what he says is the true nature of the gangs. They think they're going to make a load of money out of this. Out of what, though?
2: Out of drug dealing. Out of drug dealing. Believe me, when I go round their houses and I see them, they haven't got loads of money. They haven't got the top trainers. They haven't got the top gear. They haven't got the top phone or anything like that. They have been completely exploited.
0: At that higher level, you know, the people driving this, they must have some considerable money. You no, know? I mean, I, you know, I see it in these drill videos. Yeah, but that's
2: that, that's that's not. They, they would spend every last penny they have on making a drill video. They haven't got a pension plan. They haven't got a bank account. They haven't got piles of money. So we we've done operations recently, and. They are, they're not inundated with money. Without a doubt, you have the main players and we've had some good results with them, but the vast majority of people involved in this industry are very much the, the wrong end of the, the financial benefits of drug dealing. They become victims themselves. When I started, if you got arrested with drugs, the people you worked for took that as an occupational hazard. These people don't. They say, you now owe us the drugs you owe us £5,000. So you get into that debt bondage.
0: A report last year by the Children's Commissioner suggested 27,000 children in England could be in a gang, with around 4,000 of those in London. Cities including Manchester, Birmingham and Liverpool are all affected, with drug gangs recruiting children in rural towns and coastal villages.
2: They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
3: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach
5: waves, feel the warm breeze, relax,
4: and think about
5: work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away.
1: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
0: What we term street gangs are not homogenous, membership-based groups. They don't wear colours or take oaths of allegiance. They're messy networks, made up in levels. On the edges, they have grey areas, familial bonds, friendships and business arrangements that crisscross... Then there were those who indisputably proudly formed the gang. When CJ was aged 11 or 12 and still in mainstream education at Forest Gate Community School, his mother came home one day and he was with police officers. They were talking to him about a stolen phone.
4: The police come to the school, arrest him. I find out because my neighbour phoned me. They've got my son in the wheat wagon.
0: That's Keisha McLeod, CJ's mum.
4: They've called me when I'm on my way back to the house now and I said, no, I've already been told by my neighbour, don't worry. So when I've got there now, they said, we need to search your house. What do you need to search my house for? We, you need to speak to your son. So I spoke to CJ and CJ goes, mum, it's about that phone.
0: Keisha then tells the police where the phone is. It's at another boy's house, as CJ previously told her.
4: So I was able to show on my phone the address to the police. That night they went there and they got the phone, all right? So they've been able to get that phone. CJ's no longer in any issues.
0: But he is, with some of his other peers. By being seen to help the authorities, CJ is labelled as an op by other teenagers. An op is a phrase used to say that someone's an opponent or enemy. In this case, a snitch who gives information to the police. It starts to circulate on social media. Now CJ's scared. He's worried that he's in danger following his actions, or actually the actions of his loving mother, giving the police the information to find the stolen phone. Before long, CJ's hiding inside a McDonald's in Stratford. He calls his mum. There's a group of teenagers outside, and he thinks they're waiting to attack him.
4: So I've gone in a whole tracksuit, hooded up. I live five minutes from Stratford. I had my car. So I just drove to Stratford, parked opposite it, came out like I was, an, I'm telling you, I came out like I was a ninja, because there was about 20 kids out there, yeah, there was loads of boys out there, I've walked through them, CJ's upstairs in the McDonald's with the security, I've got a security guard, I said thank you, he goes, no worry ma'am, it's fine, so I'm walking back out with CJ and I've heard this boy call CJ's name and I've gone like this, what are you calling my son for, I've basically grabbed him by the neck. And he goes, no. CJ's so gone. No, 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 mum. That's my friend. That's my friend. He was just waiting downstairs. I said, all right, cool. So I said, CJ, you wait there for a minute. I've gone outside and I've looked for the biggest, baddest man that thinks he looks like he's the <laughs> He's got his hood down, his hands in his pants. I could see that he thought he was bad. So I walked up to him like I thought I was gonna walk past him, and I walked up to him. and I went, What are you doing? And I started patting him down. He goes, What are you doing? What are you doing? I said, No, nah, you're bad in it. You're here for somebody, aren't you? What is it you're here for? He goes, No, nah, man's a up in it. Man's a snitch. Who's a snitch? CJ. What are you calling my son for? Because he's telling people that people took stuff and da-da-da-da-da. I said, let me explain something to you. I "I used a lot of profanity, and I don't mind saying it again. I said, my son is not like any of you My son doesn't have to want for any phone. He's got his own things. I'm the person that told the police. So if anyone who used a lot of bad, tell your mum, your dad, your gran, all of them to come and find me. And everybody was like, oh, look at his mum. I was like, I don't give a Stop trying to run down my son. He's got nothing to do with you. He's like, You's a lot of waste, man. I started calling out of their names because I wanted their parents to call me so I could say what your children were doing to my son. Because my son was in the top of McDonald's, scared for his frigging life. And all these boys are out here and I don't know if any of them have got a knife. So I, that's why I say I went on like ninja because I don't even know where that came from. I would not hurt another person's child. I just wanted them to, I want to have an argument with your mum because I want you to understand I want her to understand what you're out here doing because my son didn't have nothing to do with that
0: but in a culture where anyone labelled a snitch is pursued in this way even Keisha's best intentions left her son fearing for his safety he was looked down on for getting his mum to fight his battles they had broken the wall of silence they'd got the police involved
3: you don't mess with the streets
0: that's Raheel Butt again our youth worker in Newham
3: that's something you know, as a person that I understand through the work that I do, um, and working in the sector, working through the criminal justice system, being a former um, crime influencer, being, being involved with serious crime
0: and serious criminals, I can tell you one thing's one. He's telling me why it's been so hard to get anyone to speak out about CJ's murder three years on, even though we know there were witnesses
3: have to follow. And if you are abiding by the crime processes and you want to follow the, the, the crime processes to a T like a general, like, a, like a, a general of crime, then that comes with the ideology of fear and the fear factors instilled through, through years and years of indoctrination of never speaking
0: out against that. And that probably Even with Young Diz and the other gang leader, CB, behind bars... That fear remains.
3: We've seen people react in such a way that if you betray your own and you're not loyal to your own, then, then you don't belong anywhere. So that's why people are very much scared and instilled that they may not potentially receive the protection that they they hoped to if they did speak out. And, if they
0: did... and just to highlight how entrenched it can be, Raheel told me something I'd never heard before. Gang leaders in Newham have been known to send younger members into youth centres for a specific task. A lot of these centres have photos of fun days and activities, often featuring young kids and teenagers. And those pictures
3: were being stolen and they were given to rival... The, the, the gang members were sending in the young people to get to do the consents work. You know, when you're sending in young people to do that on your behalf, it shows where the, the, the lack of... Um, the, they're actual, they don't have no emotions. They, they're using young people and grooming them to do reconnaissance work.
0: This shows the challenge of keeping young kids safe in Newham. Something as innocuous as a group of kids photographed doing activities can be used as a way for rival gangs to identify victims and then possibly plot attacks.
2: There's been too many children and, and young men have lost their lives over, frankly, nonsense. That's
0: Richard Tucker again our detective superintendent. Do you have a sense of where this North versus South conflict in the borough begins and um, and why? I mean, 15-year-old Stephen Lewis is killed in 2009, and that's often cited as the start of the conflict. He was part of a gang in the north of Newham, that's now kind of associated with Woodgrange. He was stabbed to death at an anti-knife crime disco.
2: Well, I I, I spoke to a, a man who was in his 30s and he came to see me with someone within the community and it was fascinating listening to, to him just telling about how it started with Stephen Lewis all those many years ago. And it was all just a bit of like after-school fighting with, you know, water balloons. And then one day someone bought a knife and then someone got injured and then Stephen got murdered and then it just hasn't stopped. But is it it a lifestyle? And that's the the question I always ask myself. I come to work every day, John, and I've got a picture of CJ, and I've got a picture of all the other young people and children who've lost their lives. And I think, what do I do today to try and stop a family going through this again? We have locked up so many young men in Newham for serious crimes, but there's still a conveyor belt. Why why are they appealing? We're talking about small numbers, John. I think there's a glamour to it. There's a normalisation of that behaviour. I think that comes from the community as well, that no-one says anything. They get a status that is undeserved and they enjoy that status because suddenly there's someone.
0: There seems to be a very, very complex process tied up in you know the victim-perpetrator nexus and the brutalization that they, they suffer that then they dole out. And also that there is this subgroup, primarily young black men, who seem to think that there is no access to the normal world for them.
2: There's there's this school in Stratford that had so many young people accepted to Oxbridge this year. The schools do amazingly. They get funding, the teachers are committed, they work really hard, and the vast majority, the vast majority of children they do okay not everyone's going to be you know high achieving or anything like that but the opportunities are there there's a there's a fairness there if people want to work hard but then there's this offer in the shadows that you can have everything you want really really quickly by getting involved in some horrific things they're not the ones bringing in kilos of cocaine to make crack cocaine there's someone above them and they're, they're the people we have to actually we have to bear down on them, which we are, and we've had some significant results around that sort of level, senior level of organised crime. And then we have to be relentless on the street because the result of all that drug dealing at the high level is children like CJ lose their lives because of the inter-gang rivalry and the the, sort of the turf wars around drug dealing operation. It's not resolved any time soon, but I do think it's it's doable if everyone works together and we're honest about some of the issues that we've just spoken about. And the community, their voice has got to be heard and not when a child loses their life.
5: It's like this, right? My little brother, mm-hmm. he turned around a few years ago.
0: That's Aaron, who you heard at the beginning of this episode. Remember, that's not his real name, and he's being voiced by an
5: actor. He turns around and he says to me, he feels as though the only way to make it out the hood is to either sell drugs, be a rapper, or be some kind of athlete. Now, deep, that... A kid, he was, what, 17 at the time when he said this. A 17-year-old kid, you understand? And that way of thinking drives a lot of young kids in the hood where they want a way out. They don't see... Another way, other than through a very narrow scope, show me.
0: And it's this narrow scope, the world of drugs, gangs, and criminality, that was closing in on CJ, severing his ties to the real security of his family. In 2016 and 17, Woodgrange and Beckton stepped up the attacks on each other.
5: Conspiracy squad, gang, man, don't ask me questions, man, really know I'm an up. Rolling deep, two shotguns, woodgrain, roll the smoke. The things I do for the beef, the things I've done on these streets. what the things I've done for the gang, what the things I've done to these neeks. what the risk of trips I took.
0: Threats on social media and rap videos quickly turned to stabbings and shootings.
5: The things I do for the beef, the things I've done on these streets.
0: Was there something that triggered that, that round of back and forth?
5: I don't know. I don't think so. It just, it, it just happened. Do you understand me? It just manifested and it just happened.
0: The violence escalated. There were robberies with acid, kidnappings, drive-by shootings and stabbings on busy high streets. Other teenagers were killed.
5: There's one particular death that I know in the build-up to that was kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't want to say that kind of triggered that particular wave, but stands out in the early stages of that particular wave. I don't think it was one of those ones where, they, yeah, it's peaceful and then something happened and then boom, no. It's just because it was never peaceful. You get what I mean? There was never peace before. Like there was never a peace before. Just somehow something happened and then suddenly boom. In the build-up to his particular situation, there was one, particular situation if I'm if if I'm to remember clearly there was one particular situation that happened and it put people on their toes because it was inevitable that there was going to be a clapback
0: In April of 2017 five months before CJ died Ahmed Jar, a 21 year old Becton boy known as Grinner was stabbed to death in an off license but Grinner wasn't just any member of the Becton Boys he was one of their most popular and he was killed in a public place in the heart of their territory he's still spoken of today and it was this murder it appears that Aaron was referring to violence between the Becton Boys and Woodgrange Gang continued to escalate As part of this investigation, we've uncovered a potentially telling detail. A hit list emerged that could have cost CJ his life. The rival Becton group, led by Young Diz, obtained pages from Scotland Yard's Gang Matrix, a database used to track thousands of gang members and associates. It was leaked in January 2017. When the Becton boys got hold of the names, CJ's was one of them. Both Young Diz and CB are currently in jail. But the Beckton boys and the Wood Grange gang remain active. Now that we've covered CJ's short life, his schooling and the world of gangs we believe he may have been caught up in, next week we'll look at the details of his murder for Clues. This podcast is written and hosted by me, John Simpson, the crime correspondent for The Times. This episode is produced by Will Rowe. The executive producer is Poppy Damon. Sound design is by Carla Patella. Aaron was played by Afolabi Ali. Original music was composed by Cam Shuck. You can find his work at satellitestudios.co.uk. If you have any information on CJ's death, please contact us using the tips email, phone number, WhatsApp and Instagram in the podcast description. You can also contact the police... The information is also in the podcast description and they're offering a £20,000 reward. And if you're worried about a child being groomed by a gang, you can contact the police on 101 or the NSPCC. Again, there are links in this podcast description. You can find us on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and more. This podcast was brought to you by the Stories of Our Times production team, a daily news podcast hosted by Manveen Rana and David Aronovich bringing you one remarkable story told in depth each day available wherever you get your podcasts it's also now available on the Times radio app along with all the other podcasts from the Times to download the app search for the Times radio app on your app store